0: I saw that one a mile away. It was very obvious though, so it was hard not to see. It was very obvious, but
1: you had to change your your theory behind it. That's how obvious it was.
0: Hello everybody and welcome into another edition of Taugo TV, the only podcast that also has a crisis of leadership. I'm David Arroyo, joined as always my pal Tom Shively Tom. We I feel podcasted out. Can I just say that? I feel very podcasted out after doing almost two hours yesterday of podcasting. But you know what? Got to get the energy up. We got Talgo TV to do. We finished season three of The Wire, which was absolutely electric. I would say so far, best season we've seen. But Tom, I need to know, how are you doing? i mean, We're just churning out content. That's the bottom line. So
1: we're, we're giving the listeners what they want. I'm doing fantastic. We're here to talk about a phenomenal season of television. So I could not be more excited.
0: Well, Tom, I, I thought last week, you know, the discussion went so well when I just kind of handed it over to you and kind of let you do your thing with, you of course, know, some, of course. some some slight tinkering and me just jumping in here and there when I It's all I about want. trust, my man. Come on. Listen, listen, I do trust you. I just need you to not have long pauses in between your uh, elaborate thoughts. But Tom, I am going to hand it over to you again. What is it we will be talking about this week? Kick us off.
1: I mean, first of all, when you, when you craft such wise responses like myself, you kind of have to, but... I think we'd be remiss if we did not start. I, I love
0: I love the way you do that, by the way. You say a statement, right, and then you immediately start your next points as to not give me an opportunity Correct. to Correct. come at that. Like, you learned Correct. from college to not allow the space for That's us to come at That's the best way to do you. it.
1: Absolutely. Anyway, I think we'd be remiss, as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, if we would not start with the end of episode 11, which is the death of... I know we were talking before the show... Probably the best character through the series so far, Stringer Bell. He gets cornered by uh, Omar and Brother Muzone while he's at one of his like property dealings. Um, I-, I said this before, I-, I thought he was gonna get out of it kind of until they actually shot him, because I Omar and Muzone are obviously a very formidable duo, but Stringer I just felt like always had the answers and always had some sort of backup plan, you know trick up his sleeve whatever it may be but that wasn't the case here and it it really did shock me so far
0: well let's backpedal a little bit so you know brother muzone and omar end up teaming up because you know muzone catches him in the alley i believe that is the start of episode 10 where he catches on 11 yeah he catches him in the alley and he basically wants to know like why did someone send you after me like what who gave you that information and when he found out, found finds out it essentially came from stringer brother muzone basically goes to avon and is like you said his word was your word so and and what what's the deal like what's gonna happen and basically it comes down to he gives up avon he gives up stringer to one save himself but two because like it, like back to what Avon has been preaching this entire show. The game is the game. And he felt in some way that Stringer crossed the game. He he crossed the line. He did. He went against what he was told to do. And these are the consequences for doing that. But I, I was with you. Like when string is like running around that warehouse type thing after they killed the first dude, I'm like... I I was a little confused because I'm like, Amar... I was like, Omar just blew his shot to kill him. Like, that that was it right there. He's going to find a way out. He'll, like, jump out a window or something. You know, he'll find a way out of this. And then when he actually... Get, the moment he runs into the Brother Muzone, I'm like, oh, he's dead. Like, that's it. You're not getting out of this now. Omar's coming up the one way. Brother Muzone's right there. He's not making out of it. And he tries so hard to weasel his way out of it, which was a tough way to see him go. But I did like, and we'll get into it later, but the parallel between the way Stringer is told that Avon gave him up and then Avon later finding out that Stringer's the one who gave him up. But we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah,
1: I think going back to, to Avon's motive... I- You kind of see when they met at the end of episode eight and and he realizes with, you know, Stringer's behind D'Angelo's death. You you mentioned crossing the line. Avon never really forgives him for that in these three episodes. He's a lot colder towards Stringer towards the end. I think Stringer is really trying to force home that it's just a business. And, you know, then you catch Avon at the end of the episode, like, sipping his cocktail going, man, it's just a business. And then not a great look for Stringer there. And I think... We, we both thought stringer was going to kind of win that battle of wits i guess you could call it between him and avon but you know avon at the end of the day has the decision and 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 gets it done i think stringer not much he could have done when omar and muzone maybe the two sneakiest and most professional killers in the show so far are
0: coming after you you're not gonna it's not gonna end well for you Well, in terms of muscle, right, though, those have been the two most formidable characters in the entire show. And when they meet face to face in 11, and then, you know, as they start to put their guns down, I'm like, not only are they like certified killers, if you want to like, put it that way, they are like, they, they have a code to what they do. And it's the thing we've always talked about with Omar and with brother Muzon, a little we talked about a little bit with Brother Muzone, but Omar in specific, like he always had a code. And I you see this the shift where they try and kill Omar due to the orders of Stringer on a Sunday. And at, at that point forward, for Omar, it's like someone's gotta die. It, it's either gotta be Avon or Stringer. I'm ending this right now. And he thinks it has to be both of them. And then he, you know, kind of finds out that, well, we can get rid of Stringer, and I think he doesn't really need Avon at that point. And it will be interesting now moving forward what Omar's role is because, you know, similar to McNulty, like Stringer Bell was his primary adversary this entire series so far. And maybe now that Omar doesn't have that adversary, we've been talking a lot about How does Omar eventually go head to head with the police? You know, maybe that still never comes to fruition, but I still feel like we're building to that point where we're going to get some sort of Omar police standoff. Maybe that's Omar McNulty, Omar and bunk. I'm not sure, but he feels like he still has a big role to play. I'm just not sure what the role is. Yeah. I mean, without stringer, he's kind of the central character
1: with Avon locked up now on the non police side of things. And I think it, it, It'd Marlo? be hard-pressed to have. I think Omar is going to play more of a role than Marlo has. I think we just haven't seen a lot of Marlo. I think the, the, the scene at the end where Avon sees him in the courtroom when Avon is getting booked it, it is great television. I loved that, where Marlo just kind of stares at him and gives him a little bit of, yeah, like, I'm in charge now. So I think you're going to see a little bit of a different style that Marlo runs and maybe... I don't feel like the police are gonna be as active on Marlowe as they were on on Stringer and Avon. And that going back to Omar, like he throws away what I what I assume is like his bag of guns there at the end into the river. So kind of, you know, he seems to think he's turning a page, but Omar's one of those guys where it just takes one event and, you know, he's right back in the thick of things. So that that to me would be what happens in season four.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned the bag of guns, right? Because, well, again, we're going to get into so many other things. But I feel like that is another good example for me in this episode of this episode, like the last episode of season three had a lot of the feel of what a season, a series finale would feel like more than just like a season finale. It, it, It felt like it put a bow on the first three seasons of this show because Avon is locked up again and it feels like there's like no way out this time. The wiretap went even better this time. They have everyone locked up except for, um, I can't remember his name. Bodie's not locked up. Bodie, thank you. he, He weaseled his way out of it. Because he was selling in the free zone and he was the only one. And so like he he gets out of it and McNulty goes the bat for him. He's like, he, he's like, kids got a point. And so uh, Bodie ends up getting out of it because of that. But other than that, all of Avon's crew is locked up. Stringer is now dead. So there's no one even like still left out there who's going to run things for Avon. So like they, they have nothing, it feels like, on that side of things. And then, you know, there's a lot of things that happen with the police that, again, it just feels like they're putting a bow on things. Omar throwing his guns into the river. I caught the sense this could have been a series finale, but we know there's two more seasons, so it's obviously not a series finale. And I've heard great things about season four, and I have no idea where they're going to go.
1: You brought the free zone. I think one of the most interesting characters the whole season is Colvin and... You kind of see him die by the sword at the end of his own doing. You know, so he
0: always. Hold on, hold on. Before, before, I am going to take my victory lap on that one. Yeah. I absolutely, a thousand percent, like, first four episodes. I said, quote, unquote, there is no way this man reaches the end of the season being a major. And then I eventually changed that. I said he was going to die. I eventually changed it and said he's just going to get demoted. That's exactly what happened. They demote him and he ends with a lieutenant's pension. So I am very happy. I saw that one a mile away. It was very obvious, though. So it was hard not to see. It was very obvious, but you had to change your your theory behind it. That's how obvious it was. I just knew his retirement was not going to go as planned. I was, I was, I nailed that one. Eventually I got it on the money as to what would happen.
1: Congratulations. Your trophy's coming in the mail. Thank anyway, you, thank I think you. Colvin, you know, he kind of, as we suspected, Hamsterdam kind of comes to an end. I think honestly, to me, there were good arguments, both for and against it i think both cases I thought the arguments ca- for were better you can kind of defend I, I i think ultimately i'm with you i take colvin's side and i think he he gets a lot of flack that he knew he was going to get but hamsterdam as a whole you know kind of flames out a little bit they they tear it down in the 12th episode i i, I guess what overall thoughts on kind of how hamsterdam plays into it and kind of what what they're trying to show
0: with that i think hamsterdam moving forward plays basically no role but i think i think the role of it in the show for this season had a lot to do with with societal things like statements they're trying to make about society and how you know i, I think they do a really good job of right in the middle of the season there showing that you know whether it's drug dealers people who are active drug users, young kids in communities, that it's better to have a community outreach program as opposed to just banging heads and trying to lock up as many people as possible. And I think they do a really good job of showing that when... The police are active in the community and actually listening to what the residents want and, you know, bringing in people like, you know, they brought in all those doctors and they brought in, you know, they were using uh, Cuddy as a way to try and get youth out of the drug game and over doing something else. I think they do a really good job of highlighting in this season that locking people up and you know doing the wiretaps and all that there's more to policing than just arresting people and you know beating up on people who are bad people like colvin really drives that point home this entire season so does uh
1: your your boy my boy i should say karketty that's you basically just gave his speech there at the end of episode 12 about what the community has to do i think i said he was gonna be mayor i think i think we're, we're going towards that i i political corruption is, is probably the way season four goes. Real quick, I want to hit Clay Davis. Like, it's, it's a little fishy with the Stringer-Clay Davis death threat Like moments before his own death. Clay Davis, I think, is going to play a big, big role in, in season four and, and some of that corruption angle of it.
0: Yeah, I Clay probably has a role, but I don't think he had
1: any role in Str- I'm, not, I'm not saying that necessarily. I just think it's funny that that, that was the timing of it. It was right around when. Straight yeah. makes his move and he ends up dying actually at
0: like a house project showing. Yeah, and while he's railing that he's he's really going at the guy about, you know, what Clay Davis did to him. And so I, I see what you're saying. I I think Clay Davis has to play some sort of role because like I said before, he they've been showing him as politically corrupt since season one. And so there there's, there's got to be a payoff at some point to everything we've seen with Clay Davis and I would just be shocked with again they did such an incredible job of tying up loose ends at the end of season 3 I'd be so surprised if they don't tie up that loose end eventually. It just feels like it's one of those things that has to be tied up and and eventually taken care of. Especially because like Levy even is like you you listen to like Clay Davis's whole thing, you believe that whole thing, and it was like it clearly people know about it, so it's only a matter of time until it eventually brings him down. Yeah, that was kind of the first
1: one of the weaker moments for Stringer. You kind of he thinks he's invincible, and then you know. Two episodes later, he he's dead. So I think that just kind of shows the the suddenness of how harsh the game is. You know, it, it turns out Avon was right at the end of episode eight. You know, you're too locked in in the business, and like you don't belong there, but you think you do. And obviously, Clay Davis and then Levy kind of pointing out to him shows him that.
0: Well, right. I, on some level, though, right? I think Stringer on some level was right like he he did belong more in the business world than the drug world because the drug world's what ends up getting him killed no, he like doesn't to, belong in either i don't think he was i think he's a better person in the business world but he should have been i think he was so smart in terms of the things he did in the drug game and then he did not apply those things we le- later ended up seeing to the business side of things where he was too trusting of people where in 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 the drug game he didn't trust anyone he didn't take anyone at their word you had to prove it to him he had to see results and when he wasn't seeing results from clay davis he just kept believing the things he was telling him and all he had to do was go to levy and be like yo levy read these up for me and because levy even says i wish you had shown me this sooner Because he shows him that, like, first three episodes, you don't get a Clay Davis storyline. Like, he realizes he's a fraud. He does all the things he needs to do to get grants. He probably ends up getting one, and Stringer probably makes it by the end of the season. But instead, here he is, both didn't accomplish what he wanted to accomplish, and he's dead. Like, Ofer.
1: Heavy is the head that wears the crown, I believe, right? Something with our boy Stringer Bell there. Um, We haven't talked about the golden boy yet, uh, Jimmy McNulty. He obviously kind of... We mentioned him and Omar a little bit like Stringer has been their their life mission, at least in terms of this series so far. And, you know, McNulty finally puts a bow on Stringer and Avon. Obviously, he doesn't really do much to apprehend Stringer because he dies. But uh, McNulty, you know, they, they, they wrap that up and then he goes, I guess, back to the Western District somewhere. He calls it familiar. It. It feels out of place for McNulty. I think it feels a little bit like season two at the beginning felt for him. So I'm kind of interested to see where he goes with his next role and kind of if and when he weaves his way kind of back into the drug homicide lane of things.
0: Well, there's a lot of things with McNulty there that I find interesting. One, he goes to the Western after Daniels is like, are you sure you don't want to like stay on? And then we find out Daniels is going to be the major of the Western. So I'm very intrigued to continue to see their dynamic because I really like their dynamic. But McNulty has one quote I really love, which is when he sees Stringer dead, he says to Bunk, he says, we got him Bunk. And he never knew. He doesn't know that he messed up, and I, I like that is a good encapsulation of Stringer, where he was so careful the first three seasons, and he gets killed and would have gotten arrested, but and it's only because he is not as careful in this the back half of this third season as he had been the entire rest of the series, and so it's interesting that two mistakes he the two mistakes he made like two of the very few mistakes you can think of in the series are the two. One that would have ended him in prison, but then the other ultimately gets him killed. Back to McNulty, though, I think, I think, you know, yeah, he's going to find his way back into the homicide drug side of things. It's more of a question of what is his personal life going to be like? Because he obviously stops. Meeting with the political campaign woman who's working with Carcetti, but he then goes and sees, uh, Russell at the end of season at the very end of the season. And, you know, she basically offers him a drink implying that, you know, they could go in and they can have sex or whatever, but she and he ends up saying like no, but like I'd love to meet your kids. And I I feel like we are turning the page on Horn Dog, like crazy person McNulty, and we're we're gonna see more of like a subdued, like very focused on the job and his family McNulty, which would be a huge change, but like a welcome change.
1: He's come so far from uh from episode eight of season two with the uh, with the diner hookup. I I never thought I'd see McNulty turn down two women in the same episode uh for you know wow illicit uh reasons but he's growing a little bit I, I i think you're onto something with russell because he spurs her i think at the end of season two as well but he just like walks out and he doesn't want to meet the kids or anything and now you kind of see oh like let me be a little bit more involved in the family thought that just occurred to me, like the the wife subplot. We really haven't seen since like early in the season when he's at the ball game with Bunk. Like, I that just
0: doesn't play a lot of a role. Maybe that comes back, but the only stuff like, they the really kids show really us. There. Well, the only stuff they really show us with the kids is when he leaves the phone number on the. That's right, yeah, and like that's really it though. You see the kids at that point, so you know like he's still sharing custody of his kids which isn't surprising but yeah i am curious to see if that ends up playing a role especially if him and russell are going to be together which again i think they kind of forecasted that in season two and i was surprised when she wasn't in season three at all i'm just an assumption she's going to be in season four and five and she'll probably be a major character in four and five especially because she seems like somebody who does actually understand his passion for work and i think I think that's ultimately they've hit on that is why him and his wife didn't work out was because he's so passionate about the job and she ultimately didn't support that and wanted him to be home. You know, it came up in the conversation with him and Kima that they had earlier in the season. So I, I think that is ultimately the, they will work a lot better than him and his wife ever did.
1: Yeah, and I think you we, we, we've hit on this before, but you kind of see the parallels with him and Kima as clear as you ever seen at the end of the season when you get the, the shot of Kima cheating and then you know, she goes, uh, Cheryl calls McNulty and ends up covering for her. So it's been kind of a theme that those two have lead very similar lives. And I think kind of trying to settle, having some family trouble and, and working it out together, Kima had clearly, I think is a little bit earlier in that stage than McNulty is, but you can see that path of like, oh, you see why they work together, why they get along so well. They, they're the same person almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. Like, it really sucks though to see Kima fall from grace the way she has I-, I really liked Kima the first two seasons and i understand you know she's having a hard time with her family life but just to like get the culmination of you actually see her che- cheating on her wife i'm like man that, that really sucks I-, I wish Kima was better than mcnulty
1: no one's better than mcnulty it's like you spend time with him and it rubs off on you i mean did daniel same thing <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just everyone's going crazy there except lester
0: oh. is lester still hooking I'm, up all with right, the, i'm glad uh... you
1: i'm glad you brought up lester because i wanted to talk the whole prez situation where oh. he guns down the other cop that he doesn't know about you know doesn't identify himself we turn out you know there's talks of like oh is there a racist undertone to it you know a lot of the black officers are kind of split on that but I think you see Freeman emerge more out of that than you would have. And, and that's kind of more of the forward-moving story out of that rather than like what happens to Prez. I think they have that little conversation towards the end of, I want to say it was episode 11 where Freeman kind of, maybe it was the final, but I think Freeman it was the kind, final. Of, kind of lays it out to Prez. Like, oh, this is what people are saying about you. Like, this is what you could do. and But it's, again, more about Freeman taking that leadership role and kind of doing prez's job as well and i think you really set it up that oh freeman is going to be a major player from here on out as well
0: yeah i i think freeman he's been another one like i really liked him as a character he doesn't really do anything to make you not like him and good police officer he's clearly like a good person and a good friend to those people around him who he cares about but i ultimately end up feeling really bad for prez just to go back to that for a second i don't feel like i i think it's a good example of again a lot of things we've talked about, not as in like you and me and the show, but a lot of things that have been talked about, especially after 2020 and a lot of, you know, the racial conversations that ended up happening, whether or not he shot him because, you know, he thought he was the perpetrator is irrelevant. He saw somebody who was black, assumed that was the perpetrator because they were looking for someone black, does not identify himself and just shoots him. And the only reason he faces consequences for is because it's a police officer. You have to imagine that if that wasn't a cop, he probably doesn't face any consequences. He gets away with it. And it's, you know, kind of they probably create tension out of it. But instead, you know, it's one of those real things where he doesn't even know it's a police officer. He just sees somebody in a black community. They're looking for somebody black, sees the gun and shoots them. He doesn't even think twice about it. And I think it's just a good example of a lot of the things we've talked about in the show, again, I think is so culturally relevant. You know, what is it? 17 years. Season three was 17 years ago. So 17 years after the re- release of season three, and I can tie it into things that happened in 2020. I I just think it goes to show how, how good the show is at hitting on those kinds of social topics.
1: All right. Season four, let's play a little game here. I think... I'm going to give you a character and you give me season four fate. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Before we we do that. that, Oh, you got
0: more to talk about? Let's hear it. Well, this is very quick. I just want to go back and recap some things. Uh, So johnny we were both right johnny did not make it out of season three he ends up dying he ends up being the only fatality you see actually out of hamsterdam but he dies uh, who are some uh, of the second that? one no they gun down the guy and drag the body out so it's two fatalities i'm talking about of characters that people you know that we care about, about? okay fair but enough yeah, that's what, what are some <laughs> of the other character deaths we pre- you predicted bubs bubs end up ends up making i never it. i
1: never said bubs would die
0: i don't think i ever said bubs would die well, I I don't I thought you did. We can go back and check the tapes later. But you definitely said Cuddy was gonna die. I did. And Cuddy ends up making wrong. it. Got that one wrong. So very happy about that one. What are some other ones that I think I think that's everyone that we had predicted. I had said Colvin early in the season and changed that. So he ends up making it. D- does lose his job essentially, but he makes it. I, I thought anyone? I thought Avon was gonna be the one that died instead of Stringer. Oh, I that did was too. My pick, so yeah, I we didn't were actually I didn't
1: actually think it would happen this quickly. I thought that was gonna be like a season four moment too,
0: but. I'm, I'm again shocked, did it, make it out of season three. I thought Avon would be the one to die. If anyone died and listen, he got outsmarted by Avon. Didn't think that could happen, but he did.
1: Yeah. I think Avon, I mean, do you think Avon plays a role the last few seasons?
0: Like I, he's kind of out of people now. We talked about that at the end, of last episode. Uh, unfortunately for me, I do know he does play a role solely because I've seen memes on Twitter of him with an eye patch and, i know they're not from the first three seasons so it has to be from the back two seasons
1: fair enough way to, way to just a out guess. the spoilers maybe, there cool
0: maybe maybe i forgot about something from the first three seasons but I, i'm gonna go with yeah he he plays a role in some way
1: disappointing man it's
0: disappointing. not my fault listen there was a meme I, I i saw a meme and i was like that's that's avon and i was like damn i hope this is from another show but it's not it's definitely avon Alright, one of the more interesting
1: characters, uh Brother Muzone. What do we see in season four from Brother Muzone?
0: Oh, I actually don't think you ever hear from Brother Muzone again. I think this was it. They titled that episode Mission Accomplished, I think. And Brother Muzone's done. He's going back to New York. Granted, he's gonna be providing a package to Avon if Avon if and when Avon gets out of prison. Again, I d I don't know if he will, but I, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Brother Muzone. We probably don't ever see him again.
1: What about the department like what do we see with um rawls and i cannot remember his second in command right now what is how his- did
0: we not talk about that the reveal that rawls is gay and it yeah. just it's like very secretive and it, like he's just out there but at the same time like no <laughs> clearly no one in the department knows
1: no it's very very casual and i think I kind of like the way they they weave homosexuality throughout it i think it's very well done and i think they they kind of look at it in a mature way and rawl's definitely the last guy you'd suspect to to be gay and and the way they show it is just kind of i I thought it was cool to kind of see him there and it's just another one of those like oh moments but yeah
0: well yeah it's between him and omar like the show has not been afraid to be like gay men are not all well, well, not well gay men, specifically but, yeah. men though like they have not been afraid to be like not all gay men are effeminate like gay men can be super masculine they can be police they can be gangbangers like it's more than just you know what gay men have been portrayed to be especially up to that point my god in 2004 the way gay men were portrayed compared to like now like yeah that, that, that was probably a huge very progressive moment in 2004 i mean so that's gonna like we're
1: going to revisit that, right? We have to at some point that they're going to, someone's going to find out that Rawls is gay. I don't know how big of a role it would play, but it feels like some sort of realization will come out of that.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of very, like, two, I guess at that point, 2005, very 2005 scene of like he loses his job because he's gay or something like that, or people don't respect him anymore because he's gay. I wouldn't be surprised if we got something like that.
1: All right. I think, I think what would be kind of a build into is, villain season four like is it is it police omar like do we think there's someone else in Burgess? you know marlo maybe like I, I guess what can we expect maybe is the big conflict in season four
0: i think it's marlo and i i don't know why but i think omar and marlo is going to be a big conflict because omar makes his money jacking jacking people and taking their their stuff and he kind of has like a understanding with prop joe which to me means he has an understanding with that whole crew that's getting uh their package from prop joe so to me it's setting up omar and marlo and if we learned anything about marlo from season four season three He's like very smart and very cunning. He like knows how to get what he wants, and he's not an easy guy to get at. So to me, that that is probably going to be the main conflict. is It's probably going to be like very similar to season one, where it's Marlo versus Omar, but then you also have the police chasing Marlo. I kind of think they're going to hit more
1: on on the political side of things. I hope they don't because to me, the mayor storyline has kind of played itself out. I, I feel like. Carquetti's gonna win, so let's just get it over with. I, I think everything leading up to this point is kind of built to that, and so that 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 storyline isn't that interesting to me anymore. But I do think that'll maybe play a role in season four. But the good people we've talked to can't think season four is the best season if they focus on political correctness. Like, am I right? Like, I, I well, don't know.
0: I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, like you'd have to imagine. Yeah, I'd be shocked if that like everyone is telling me season four is the best season and we throw season four on and season four focuses heavily on political corruption. That would shock me to me. To me, if they're going to focus on political corruption, they should do it in the fifth season. That feels like the ultimate bow is, you know, season one, you saw it and we just kind of kept sprinkling it throughout and then boom, season five, we're finally going to do it. Because they keep, they also keep teasing with the FBI. They keep saying well, we're only going to get involved if there's major political corruption or if there is a domestic a, a um a domestic terrorism problem. Because remember they do that whole thing with Stringer and the domestic terrorism mm-hmm. they say his given name is like something Middle Eastern or something stereotypically or Middle Eastern or
1: something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so I I think. Yeah, I think season four is the spot where they, or season five is the spot where they do that. So I don't know what they're going to do season four. That's just my guess. This is probably Marlo, Omar, and the police. We will learn a lot in the next few episodes. I, uh, anything else
1: season three well, comes to mind for you? What we got?
0: We only did one fate. We only did Brother Muzone. Do we want to do more?
1: I mean, we hit. We kind of hit roles. I think we hit uh, Dennis, another interesting one to me. What do we see from Dennis.
0: I think Dennis is gonna be fine. I think he'll actually end up being a major community player from the the outreach perspective. Because we did start to get more into the outreach perspective on season three, and I expect Cuddy to be a major part in that because now that all Avon's people are locked up, he you know what's Cuddy's fine. I thought
1: it was I thought it was interesting that they kinda of had him had Cuddy's boys on the corner too, and like Cuddy kinda of goes up and sees uh, whoever Marlowe's henchman is, I don't know what his name is, but then there's kind of a bucket that, hat. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, he conned him in like the first couple episodes that, you know, the game has changed and, you know, it's clearly still harbors the bad blood there. So I don't think that storyline's quite played itself out yet. So there, there feels like Dennis, you know, boxing, maybe there's some sort of altercation with Marlowe that he gets back into it. That it could be.
0: You, you just gave me the idea. The, the way you tie Dennis into Marlowe is, you know, Marlowe's people that, that kid is back selling for Marlo because mm-hmm. Marlo is back up. And so there's your direct confrontation is Dennis wants to get these kids off the street and Marlo obviously doesn't want these kids off the street because who's going to work for him if all these kids are going in boxing?
1: Well, and you see that and they, they choose Dennis at the end of the season. I think Marlo's going to try to get him back. So there you go. No, they, they choose Marlo at the end of this. Oh, no. but they're back. They're back fighting at the end of the season.
0: They kind of choose. He's both. like, I'll
1: see you at practice 3.30 tomorrow.
0: Yeah, they're kind of doing both. I, I guess,
1: yeah. Well, because Dennis just sure. kind of gives him, just kind of gives him some crap for eating the potato chips, so that I guess he goes back in boxes. But they're on the corner.
0: Yeah, but we're gonna have to like see both of those because that is interesting that you bring him up. I hadn't, I, I, to me, he just seems safe at this point if Avon's away. But he does have that beef lingering still.
1: Real quick, Bodie, you see him on the corner looking at. Uh, Marlo's people and kind of walking away he's the only guy that's really left from
0: Avon's group where does he fit, fall into this so there are three people left from Avon's group it was the the guy with the braids who is like oh, the Slim. Muscle. right slim I I can't remember his name but I think that is the his guy name. who stringer
1: it's- wants to put the hit on Clay Davis right
0: yes yeah, yep. yeah it's slim the other dude in the car was slim and Bodie those are the three who are still left and you have to imagine they're going to play some sort of role. I'm just, I, it's so hard for me to see what kind of role, especially for Bodie, because he had advanced so far with with Stringer and Avon that I don't know if he just goes to Marlow and then takes up like a lower position, because you know he's going to have to work his way back again.
1: I have, I have a little bit of a bold prediction. I don't know how bold it is, but I think uh, Ronda's pregnant at the end of the season. I think that's a pretty good prediction. I don't know. I don't know how bold that is, but it's going to create some family drama. So I'm excited
0: for that as well, because this show has plenty of family drama. They did focus a little too much on their scene in the apartment to for him. Not for her not to be pregnant. Right. Like they wouldn't focus. It has to be. I saw too much Daniel's butt cheeks for it. Not (laughs) Not to to pay off with the pregnancy. Yeah, we got to pay that one off was it weird
1: that they did that
0: while uh like cuddy was boxing was that odd to you because i found that very, whole thing very
1: strange
0: i thought it was a very weird two scenes that cut up together like it would make more sense to like cut between like what mcnulty and russell are doing and like what daniels and Rhonda are doing as opposed to here's daniels and Rhonda, and oh by the way cuddy's got this thing going on too Cuddy, I feel like Cuddy
1: just inserts himself into like all these other scenes. He's just kind of there. And should we stop just, calling just him? Thing. I don't know, Dennis Cuddy. Yeah. I, mean, I, he, I guess he, we call him
0: Dennis now, right? Yeah, right. Like we should stop calling him Cuddy. He's Dennis. He he transitioned middle of the season. He he was like, sorry, that's not my name anymore. Uh, all right,
1: McNulty Daniels. Obviously that that team up is still gonna play. They they it feels like a central pairing in the rest of it, I I feel like Herc and Carver kind of have broken off though, so they're going to be elsewhere the rest of the way. I think maybe you'll have Freeman. What's no, that? they won't, because they're at the Western. I don't think they're going to be like working together though. I don't, I don't mm, see it. Interesting.
0: I, I think they will. I don't know why. I think I think all of them will be. I think almost everyone will be at the Western except for maybe Kima. Like I, I don't so know. You why still see Kima... Freeman there. You still see Bunk. Well, Lester will be in Homicide, and so you know they'll they'll rope him back in some way into that group because he's so essential to the group. Same with Bunk, you know, they'll be involved in some ways, kind of like they were in season two where it's like they were there, but they were also Homicide people. Um, and then you have to imagine, yeah, I, I can't remember the other dude's name, the um, other black guy in... In the group with Daniels, uh, I can't remember his name for some reason. He's the one who goes out as the drug, the drug informant. I don't remember his name either,
1: to be honest. This is rough.
0: But anyway, the usual gang will be back together. It feels like everyone will be back together, including Herc and Carver.
1: Put in a talk about. I don't know. I disagree.
0: All right, Tom, that brings us to the end of another edition of Taugo TV. I kind of like when you uh, take the reins here. It helps helps keep the, uh, the energy high for me personally. But, Tom, do you have any, any final thoughts before we go?
1: Season four is going to have to be spectacular. You wrote off the best character. We'll see how good The Wire really is in season four. No, they wrote off the second best character. Omar's the best character.
0: Well, not only have they written off one of their best characters, but everyone is telling us that season four is the best. So the expectations are already very high. So they may not be able to meet those solely just because of the expectation people have already given us. That's Tom Shively. I'm David Royal. Catch you back here next week for another edition of Talgo TV.